Welcome back to Sasha Speaks. I just want to thank the audience who is listening to this podcast. I hope that you've had a blessed week despite the craziness that's going on um, in the news currently. I just wanted to recap on this series called Hidden Idolatry or Idolatry, uh, where I actually use the scripture of Colossians 3 and 5 as the base of our discussion, um, which I will recap, which actually says that we are to put to death whatever our earthly desires are, which includes sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So the main segment that I'm going to focus on is the last part, and this will be the final segment on this series. Um, So to end it, I'm actually just going to focus on evil desires and greed. We already talked about sexual immorality. We talked about uncleanness or impurity, and we talked about lust. So I'm just going to keep this very brief. It's not going to be as drawn out as the last segment. So, and I'm going to break it into two two parts. So greed is very simple, but I want to focus more on evil desires first, and then I'll transition back to greed. So I want to pose a question. What does God consider as evil desires? And how are evil desires and greed, how do they become our idols in our heart? So I want you to actually follow me into one of the scriptures I'm going to focus on today, which is 1 John chapter 2 verses 16 through 17 when you get a chance i encourage you separate from this podcast go back and read it for yourself in the entirety of the chapter so that you get the understanding of what was spoken at the time so it actually reads for everything in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father but from the world The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So when you think about it, evil desires and greed stem from worldly desires, right? And this can eventually lead a person into a lifestyle of sin if they're not aware of it. And if we're not careful of these desires, it can actually consume us and become more important in our lives than God. So this is what God would consider as idolatry because we're putting certain things above him. So as you all know, or some of you might not, if you're new to this channel, you may want to go back to see the different parts of this series just so you have a better understanding of what I was talking about, talking on within these past few weeks. But those of you who have been listening, we've already covered uh, some of those evil desires, which is fulfilling the lust of the flesh through sex outside of marriage. Um, and then we also talked about the lust of the eyes, which had to do with lusting after someone just by looking at them, which is considered a sin of adultery, which we talked about in, our, in my previous segment. And then the last part is the pride of life, um, which Some people might not know what the pride of life is because of the way it's worded, but if you actually um, look into it, the pride of life is basically, it can stem anywhere from being arrogant to self-centeredness. And and to give you a better understanding too, or an example of that, it can can stem, the pride of life can basically 
stem or be in a form of unforgiveness and bitterness. We already talked about unforgiveness in the last few segments back, if you go back and listen to it. Um, And the reason why the pride of life can be or can come in the form of unforgiveness and bitterness is because pride is found when a person wants to hold a grudge against someone. So we talked about that before, which I won't focus too much on. If you if you didn't get a chance to really look at um, hatred and unforgiveness, that segment that I did some weeks back, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, for those of you who are dealing with that in your heart or if you're dealing with a situation where someone has done you wrong, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because it might actually give you some better insight on how to handle that. Um, so um, I'll recap a little bit so that we can just focus on what we talked about and then I'll move forward. So we all know when someone does you wrong, it's natural that we want the other person to feel what we went through. And in some cases, some people end up resenting people who, based on what they did to them. Um, but if we let it stay, if we, if we don't choose to forgive the person, we can become bitter. And if that takes root, um, then that can become an idol in our heart. And I just want to encourage you, if you, regardless of how you feel based on what those people did to you, what that person has done to you in the past, um, God does say that we can't do this because it's considered a sin. And eventually, if we don't want to let go of those things and give it over to God so he can handle it for us, the bitterness and the unforgiveness can actually separate us from God because over time, our heart can become hard and it'll then become harder for us to receive God's love and his plans for us in our lives. So I encourage you, you might not want to miss out on (laughs) God's love and his plans for your life. Uh, because God does love you. He does care about you. But there are some things that you have to let go of in order for him to bless you um, in your life. So I won't talk about it anymore. I'll just continue to focus on other evil desires. But um, that those are some of the things that we talked about in the previous segments. So I'm going to uh, continue on to the next part uh, of some of the other evil desires, uh, which we basically talked about in this whole series, but I'll recap on that and we'll touch on that right after uh, this break. Okay, thank you for waiting. Welcome back to Sasha Speaks. I wanted to take a, a quick break because I wanted to give you some time to read the scripture that I gave you just a few moments ago. Um, which is first John chapter two, verses 16 through 17. So as you, I hope that you actually got a chance to read the whole chapter in its entirety and prayed about it and asked God to give you understanding about what it means. Um, because the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is a part of life and a part of the things that we face in this life. I mean, every single day when you think about it, we, we pretty much deal with our flesh, we deal with what we see, and we deal with our own arrogance. And it's not easy to maintain sometimes because this is the life we live in. We're in a routine of things. We do things, you know, <laughs> we live on this earth and we have certain earthly desires. So it's natural to want certain things. Um, so my encouragement to you is not to get too caught up in, well, I can't do this, I can't do that, and I can't do this. I want you to really focus on like 
just understanding that there are certain things you must be aware of that can lead you astray if you're not aware of it. So this segment is basically for you to be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your own desires, be aware of your own weaknesses, know yourself, know yourself, because you don't want to not realize what your weaknesses are, what your desires are in the flesh. And then, you know, something happens where it catches you off guard and you're like, well, why, how did I get in this situation? <laughs> why am I in this situation? How did I even let, allow myself to put myself in this situation? And then you feel regret and then you feel shame and then you feel guilt and then you run away from God because you feel like God don't, won't forgive you. Like, I don't want you to keep going through that cycle. So this is why I'm bringing up this scripture. And this is why I wanted to address it because we nobody's perfect like you're gonna have certain desires it's just keeping the key is keeping it in check making sure you are aware of your weaknesses aware of your shortcomings and constantly like realigning yourself with the lord and making sure that you check in with him and say lord is if if my heart is not right every single day like I'll give you an example. I pretty much, like, I ask the Lord, if there's anything in my heart that is not of you, I want you to remove it from me. That is, that's, that's what I do. I mean, you don't have to do it the way that I do it, but that is an example of how I keep myself in check or keep myself accountable because I don't ever want something that I've done or something um, that I've said or something that I've looked at that I wasn't supposed to do. And, or wasn't supposed wasn't supposed to see, and it affected my relationship with the Lord. So I have to constantly go back to the Lord and say, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not of you, I need you to remove it. And then if I feel like I've done something that is not of God, then I'll go to God and I'll repent for it, and then I'll move forward, and I won't harbor on it. Like there's been times when there's I've had shortcomings or something will happen where. I'll feel guilty about like, oh, maybe I should have said that to this person or maybe I should have handled that situation better. Could have been like at work or maybe there was a certain situation where you work with a customer and the way you interacted with that customer wasn't the best way to interact with them. And the Lord convicted you and told you you should have handled that situation better. It's not guilt or shame. It's just the Lord gives us correction on what we're uh, supposed to do. So. Uh, I want you to understand that there's there's two different ways that that you can look at it. Like God deals with us in a certain way, and then the, then Satan deals deals with us in a certain way. Like when we are we God knows that we fall short, right? But Satan knows we fall short too. So what happens is if we do something, if we make a mistake. Satan will come in and he'll try to convince you like God doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. You can't get it right. You'll never get it right. You're not a Christian. You can't do this because if you if you were a Christian, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have did X, Y and Z. That's an example of how Satan comes at you. He'll bring guilt and shame. But when God comes to you, when you do something or you make a mistake or you fall short, God will pretty much he'll come to you like. You should have handled that better. And he won't condemn you, but he'll correct you. 
He won't say, oh, you shouldn't have did this, you shouldn't have that, you should feel ashamed of yourself, da 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 Like, God doesn't deal with us that way. And if you're in a situation where you feel guilt and shame, I'm here to tell you that that's not God giving you that guilt and shame. That's Satan trying to make you feel bad. And then he's trying to also make you not want to be with the Lord or to go the opposite way of, of where God is because of what you did wrong. But you need to understand that there's a difference. Satan deals, he'll come at you in a certain way and then God comes at us in a certain way. And when God comes to us, when we make a mistake, he doesn't condemn us. He just corrects us like a parent and a child. Like if a child does something Say, okay, we. if you have kids, you might understand this. If not, then you might learn when you have kids. Or if you don't have kids, then that's okay. So if the baby or the little toddler, if the mom tells the child, don't touch the stove. <laughs> and the mom already told the toddler, don't do it. And then mom leaves the room and the toddler touches the stove and burns his hand. Even when the toddler was told, don't do it, the mom will come back and it depends on how the mother reacts. The mother can panic. The mother can be upset, whatever have you. But nonetheless, she's like, I told you not to touch the stove. And the reason why is because of this situation. And the toddler still doesn't, the toddler knows yes and no, don't do that. And don't do this. Or yes, you can, or no, you cannot. But sometimes as just like that toddler, we can be the same way where God can tell us not to do something. And then we do it anyway and then God comes back and he's like well I didn't want you to do that (laughs) there's a reason why I didn't want you to do that because of the situation you're in now but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even though I might be disappointed or upset per se um I'm not going to condemn you I'm just going to comfort you and tell you and correct you like now you understand why I told you not to do that. But now that you went through that, I'm not only going to help you, I'm going to take you out of the situation and put you right back on track of where I want you to be. That's how God deals with us. He doesn't hate us when we make mistakes, even when we disobey. Yeah, he gets disappointed just like a parent, but he doesn't hate us. He still loves us. He just corrects us and puts us right back where we need to be. If we allow him to so anyway i was going on a tangent I'm, i gotta go back to the scripture <laughs> of what we were talking about but i want you to i wanted to plug that in so you understand that this whole series and what i was talking about is not to bring condemnation it's just to bring you understanding of how god works and um how satan works and and just giving you understanding of our of yourself and and how we are supposed to function as believers in Christ. So as I spoke previously, we already talked about most of the evil desires and everything like that. Um and we talked about unforgiveness, hatred, bitterness, all that kind of stuff. So now I want to transition into uh greed because that was the last part of the series so there's actually a scripture i want to focus on which is coming from first timothy chapter 6 verses 6 through 10 so i'm gonna i'm actually gonna give you some insight on timothy you can look him up if you get a chance so timothy mentions greed 
as the topic of in one of the letters to the churches to the church of Ephesus and how greed is not good for us. And Timothy was actually a part of Paul's ministry and he had a passion and a zeal to speak the word of God through truth and love. So according to the scripture for Timothy chapter six, verses six through 10, it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So Timothy clearly says that the love of money is the root of all evil because it leads to the path of ruin and destruction. But I want to pose a question. How? If you're always striving to get rich, it can get to the point where it can capture your heart so much that that's all you care about. And then once that happens, that can interfere with your relationship with God. So keep in mind that we all know this. In this world, this world is built on a system that runs on money. So having money is not a bad thing. But when it comes to loving money, then that's when the problem starts. It's better to be content regardless of the situations or the circumstances that we're in because God is the only one who can provide for us anyway. Even though he gives us the free will to go get a job and get a paycheck, that money belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. Everything belongs to him, even the money itself. And I also want to plug this in too. I'm not saying that if you're an entrepreneur, for an example, or a businessman or a businesswoman, and you want to pursue a business, that's not a bad thing. Working to provide for your family is just fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's only when money becomes everything to you in your heart that it becomes an idol. So basically, if we depend solely on our own ability to do the things in this on this earth, rather than depending on God's help, we can slowly eventually, like, we'll eventually stray away from his presence without realizing it because we depend solely on everything else rather than him. And that's the key. Like, he doesn't want us to depend solely on money to provide for us because at the end of the day, he controls it all. And if you're in a situation where you're in a financial bind, you should go to the Lord and ask him, like, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I've already tried. I'm in this tight situation. I don't know what to do, and I need you to help me. And you lay it out, give them whatever it is. Whether If you have bills, there might be some of you who have bills right now, stacked upon bills, stacked upon bills, and they're overdue. I would take them bills, pray over them. If you got anoint them bills, bring them before the throne of God and say, Lord, these are my bills. This is everything that I have. This is everything that I owe. Lord God, I, I, I give my life. I rededicate my life to you. If you haven't given your life to Christ, you need to give your life to Christ. That's the first thing. Or if you've given your life to Christ and you've kind of walked away and put him on the sidelines, then I encourage you to come back to him, recommit to him. Because once you do that, then that's when he can start helping you in your situations. But you first have to give you give him your heart. You can't just come to God and say, God, do X, Y, and Z, and then not give anything in return. It's a relationship. That's the key. 
of relationship. It goes both ways. So, yeah, I encourage you, any, anyone who's in a tight financial bind, just go to the Lord and ask him, like, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this by myself. I'm working two, three jobs or I've lost my job. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. I need you to open up some door of opportunity. I need you to move in a mighty way because I'm, it's overdue and I have nothing to give to pay. So, and when you're sincere with this guy, we'll do it. Just believe that he will and he'll, you'll be surprised. He'll, he'll, he'll bless you. There's been times where he done it to me where I didn't know where we were going to get food from. Then next thing you know, I would get a call from either a family member or a friend of the family who was having a get together or a party or something. And they was like, oh, we want to invite you and your family to go and eat. We're having a barbecue, blah, blah, blah. And the next thing you know, we would have food for like two weeks. <laughs> that just goes to show how God provides. Like he knows what we need before we ask or can even think about it. So when we actually say just talk to him. Talk to him. He already knows what's there. He just wants to hear your voice. Um, and he wants to he wants to take care of you. So that's my encouragement for you with that. But no, money is not a bad thing. It's just the love of money. But you put if you love money above God, then that that is an idol in your heart. And you gotta ask God to remove that from you. Once you do and you keep and you prioritize God first. He'll bless you more. Like when he knows that you put him first in your life, then everything else tends to run the way it needs to run. And it and it might not happen overnight, but there's when there will be moments in your life where he's like, Oh, that was God. Like I didn't I knew that wasn't me. That was God intervening on my behalf. Um and yeah, he, he does provide. I, I want to encourage you with that. And also, too, I just wanted to encourage you to keep your focus on Jesus and just surrender everything that may come your way um, in reference to separating you from him. Um, because a lot of the times in our hearts, it can be very deceitful. There's a scripture. This is the last scripture. And then I'll close. There's a scripture that says Jeremiah 17 and 9, which basically says that our hearts are deceitful above all things who can know it. Um, and if we're not careful, there are things that can come into our heart and we don't even realize it. So I, I just, I know I'm like repeating myself and it's saying, it sounds rhetorical, but I'm, I'm saying this just as a reminder to somebody who needs to hear it. Like God loves you. God cares about you and he wants a relationship with you. And for any of you who don't believe in Jesus, I encourage you to give your life to him because no matter where you look, you can look. You you can look in any other direction if you want to. It's really up to you. It's your choice. He gives you free will. But just know that a lot of the times when you do that, you don't really get fulfilled. It might be temporary, but it's not fully. Um, and it doesn't really satisfy your soul. And, and whether it's the things that you want, the desires that you want, whether it's money, whatever it is, like it's only temporary. Only God's love can fulfill our souls. So I just encourage any of you, if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, I encourage you to give your life to Christ. Um, and if you don't know how to give your life to Christ, all you have to do is confess with your confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that he died on the cross for your sins. And when you do so, you ask him into your heart. And then also, Lord, you ask the Lord to fill you with his um, Holy Spirit. 
And when you do that, he becomes one with you and you become adopted into the kingdom of heaven. Um, and those of you who do, I encourage you to keep listening, um, keep your head up. Um, don't give up regardless of all the stuff that's going on in the world today. I know it's hard to focus on God sometimes because you have so much that you have to do. So little time to get it done. And a lot of times it can be overwhelming at times and you feel like it's a never ending cycle. But I'm here to give you that encouragement that you are not alone. Trust me. I go through that too. Um, but just know that you are loved. You are cared for. And Jesus is faithful. Like if you really truly continue to hold on to, um, just hold on to his hand, like ask him for help every single day, look to him, pray to him, talk to him and he will be with you. He's with you right now. Um, and yeah, whatever it is that you need to let go of, just repent to the Lord, give it to him, turn it over to him and allow God to work on your heart. Again, he doesn't call for imperfect or perfect people he uses imperfect people all he wants is our heart once we are obedient then he does it he works on us from there and it's a day-to-day thing so don't be too hard on yourself (laughs) please don't be too hard on yourself because i feel like there's some of you out here who listening and you overanalyze and you, you you feel bad and even with listening to this podcast you still have questions But those questions will be answered as long as you're open to the Lord. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope this encouraged you for this week. I'll try to post more. This has been really kind of busy, but I'm doing my best to try to up the uploads. (laughs) Hopefully I can get two within a week. I'm still doing once a week, but I'm trying. But um, I hope you enjoy. Hope you have a blessed week and we'll talk very, very soon. Bye-bye.